Welcome to the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman. It is Tuesday, July 6th, which means the NBA Finals are starting tonight. The Phoenix Suns hosting the Milwaukee Bucks. We are going to discuss the NBA Finals with one of our guests, Raheem Palmer, later in the show. We are also not even 80 days away from NFL season beginning, which means there are so many win total opportunities on the betting boards. Raheem is going to discuss that as well because he is an NFL expert. But first, let me welcome the most expert of NFL experts, the man who drives the bus on win totals, the man who wins in totality every year, my BFF, my compadre, my companion, Simon Hunter. Tell people where you are, Simon Hunter. Chad, you're just the best hype man. I wish I literally could have you just follow me around. I, I don't even have to introduce myself to people. I By the way, I would follow you around. I, I would have <laughs> no problem with quitting everything I've got and just following you wherever you go. So we'll see if I can give the people a view. I am at a house that's pretty dope at Lake Tahoe. I've never been here before. Uh, it's my boss's place. Not Chad's place. I have another boss, Boss Bob. Talk to Chad. I had to interview people for runners, which is like the lazy man's way of making bets. You, you, you pretty much pay people to go to casinos and make bets for you, either because you can't make bets yourself in person or you just don't have the time to go all the different casinos. So I am here interviewing people right now. And it's uh, it was, I thought it was going to be hard, but it's actually been a really nice little break and a vacation from regular life. How does that work? Explain what the interview process for that is like. Um, it's tough to say because people, everyone's different. Um, like the one guy who I already knew I was going to hire, he was basically already my minion. So he's, he's probably like 43 and he's been working with us for about five years and he's really into it. So like he did a lot of my draft prep for me. Like I mainly focused on the quarterbacks and he was doing a lot of the other stuff for me. So I already had um, a relationship with him and I like, I'm basically just paying him extra to come move out to Jersey for um, like, he'll come, he'll probably like arrive August 20th and he'll leave middle of February, like after the Super Bowl. So I'm asking a guy a lot to leave Vegas to move out to Jersey, but he's cool with it. Like he's into it. So he's coming out. And then I have another guy who I interviewed from uh, Reno and he's young, he's hungry. And I basically, I do have like a weird process. Like I'll, um, I'll do the criminal history stuff. Like, I don't care if they get caught smoking weed or whatever. I don't care about that stuff. It's more like criminal stuff. Like, um, you know, if they rob people, blah, blah, blah. So I'll do, I'll make them call either their parents or a sibling without telling them that I'm in the room. I'll make them put them on speaker and I'll give them a list of questions to ask that person without knowing that I'm in the room. And then I'll have them call their best friend and do the same exact thing. And it's been great, man. You just get the realest, honest, most true answers from these people. Cause um, people love to talk about relationships. You'd be shocked if you call people and go, Hey, can you just say like, what do you think our best story is? And the people will just start talking. They don't even ask why. They'll just be like, yeah. And they'll just start talking. So I, I, I've stolen that from other guys and it's been great. Like I've met both my, the minions I have working for me out Vegas. I did the same thing with them. Now the one guy that's coming, I didn't really have to interview him. I just had to ask him like if he wanted to come. And the other guy I did it to, 
his mom was really funny and she basically was just saying how he's like the most loyal dude ever like he would die for like, the people he cares about and that's what i want because i'm giving this dude a duffel bag maybe sometimes a fifty thousand dollars i need someone i know that's loyal and i have his mom's address now so this kid's not gonna disappear with my money because he wouldn't do that to his mom so it, it's definitely a little weird but that's how the process is when you have to interview these people so when you give this list of questions the guy, he calls up, say his mom and says, mom, have I ever been arrested? How do you get them to that and be like, mom, have I ever stolen money from you, you and dad? Have I ever robbed people? Have I ever uh, have I ever like done something that like embarrassed you so much? You want to disown me or kick me out of the house. Like there's a there's a bunch of weird little things. And like little stupid things like me and you talk about love. I think love's an important thing. I don't really trust people if they never had a relationship before. So that's another one I have them ask. I go, mom, have I ever been in love? And things like that. Or I've ever like, you know, it, it sounds stupid. But honestly, I think you really do a really, a, you get a really good perspective. Instead of me asking these people these questions, because people, especially gamblers, they're such bullshitters. And I can't stand it. So I'm like, nah, I'm cutting out the middle, man. Let's just call your mom right now. Because they don't know what's coming. So they're shook. And they're, they're calling their mom all of a sudden in their job interviews. So it works, man. Especially you just want to make the person uncomfortable because you learn a lot about people when they're uncomfortable. What have you asked? This is outstanding. What have <laughs> you asked when and you've heard an answer where the person was was all of a sudden they were something was being revealed that disqualified them for the job? Oh, my God. Dude, I have so many. I mean, the easiest one ever was this dude stole all of his dad's power tools and sold them so he could go like make some bets when he was like 18 or 19. And I get it. It was like five years later, he had matured and everything like that. But I was like, dude, that I, I cannot like, I cannot trust you. How do I know you're not going on a losing streak with your own money and then take my money and disappear. So that guy was, I mean, that was a two minute interview. That guy was done. Like he didn't even order water to the table. He was gone. So there, there's some like that. They're just quick or a guy will sit down. I'll look at him. I do not like him. I will look at someone and I say, I do not like your face. Like either I met them in a past life. I don't know what. I'll ask them what their sign is. Who knows? But I'll just look at them and be like, okay, me and this dude, this ain't going to work. But a lot of these guys are in the business. So even if I don't know them, they work with a different group. Maybe they were a runner for some other pro that I know. And they'll put them onto me, which is always the best. Because you, you just want someone that someone can vouch for. Because in this business, it's just purely relationship business. By the way, you're, you're so right about that first instinct and knowing or not knowing and getting it from the tone of voice, from yep. what their experience has been. Uh, you and I had it the day that you reached out to me on Twitter and I randomly called <laughs> you back. Raheem, who's on the call with us, you know, who joined action as a freelance writer and was doing incredible work. And then it took us about two seconds to realize that we wanted to hire him. Raheem, if I gave you a list of questions to call your parents right now, uh, would you be able to be hired by Simon Hunter as a runner? Oh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I mean, I've made so many mistakes in my life. So it's just like I've matured, but I've made a lot of mistakes. So not at all. <laughs> that, by the way, you guys don't live too far from each other. You guys can get together on Sundays. 
you know? Yeah, I, I, actually, I might need a runner myself. So, <laughs> hey, like, man, we, we'll be in, we can get a talk off air. We can figure that out for sure, man. I get it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I could bring you guys together. Um, <laughs> all right, Raheem, before we get to, to uh, AFC win totals, and I do want to get to that, like I said, Suns hosting the Bucks. I have so many opinions about this series just from a narrative point of view. So excited for Chris Paul. I want him to win an NBA title. I think he deserves it. Um, such a great leader on the floor, always improving his teams. Give me your sense of the narrative of the Suns and the Bucks first. Okay, I mean, first things first, Chris Paul, I mean, is just one of the greatest point guards of all time. He's finally getting the opportunity. And I think it's, it's ironic because, you know, Chris Paul has really struggled to stay injured, stay healthy in the playoffs. But now everybody else is injured and he's healthy. So I think he has a really, you know, good opportunity to not only win the finals, but win finals MVP. Because when, one of the things that you got to look at is that the Bucks play a lot of drop coverage. So if they're drop coverage, that means he's going to be getting these mid-range jump shots with Lopez dropping into the lane. And I think it's wide open for him. So I'm excited to see it. All right. So uh, before we get to MVP, because we do have breaking news from the Action Network news desk, from our own Brandon Anderson, Action Network NBA contributor, frequent contributor to the Action Network NBA podcast with you and Matt Moore. He's been amazing on NBA player props all season long. You guys go deep into season long MVP odds, do it better than anybody. He has decided that Jay Crowder at 150 to one might be the best MVP bet in the finals. How do you feel about that? I think Brandon is absolutely batshit insane. <laughs> Just, you know, I feel like I love Brandon to death, but I feel like he was sent here to destroy me and destroy my brain. We're polar opposites. I was telling Matt Mitchell before this call, he's essentially Steph Curry. And I'm Ichiro Suzuki. I just want to get on base. Just give me the easy hits. Let me get on base, hit as many singles as much as possible. He wants to pull up from 45 feet. And I, I just, I can't do it. But I think his logic is sound. His logic is sound is because if you look at the 2013 NBA Finals, Danny Green hit a ton of three-pointers. And he was on the path to actually win an MVP had the Spurs actually got it done and Ray Allen doesn't hit the shot. So... Jay Crowder has been known to get hot. He's going to get open threes. So if he hits four threes tonight, he hits five threes in game two, game four. And then when Giannis comes back, he's going to be the primary defender of Giannis. So at plus 150 to one, it's a good lottery ticket. Like I'm not mad at it. And then with some of these sites giving you the opportunity to cash out, he could go, he can get hot in games one and two and you can cash it out and make a profit. It does feel interesting um, how everyone is so sure about the Suns. Suns and four, that's one of the highest bet props right now. And the bookmakers, if they really took it serious, the Suns would be minus 300. You're even higher at this point. And they're not. They're not even minus 200. They've come down a little bit. So it is, it's been very interesting watching the line movement that the public's been coming in heavy on the Suns and the pros have kind of just been – not taking the bucks, but they, they've been they've been putting down a little money on testing the water because we're still so, we're still so unsure about Giannis. Have you have you thought at all that Giannis is going to come back in this series? Do you think it's just all smokescreen that they're saying he might be coming back? I do think he's going to come back for game three, but I think the thing with Giannis is if you look at his game, 
He's not a guy who's going to hit mid-range jumpers. He's not a guy who hits threes. He's dependent on driving to the lane. So if you get Giannis, this could actually hurt them more than it could help them because you have a guy who is dependent on driving to the lane. Like, this is not going to be the Giannis that we saw two weeks ago. He's going to be 60 70%. And I don't know if I want that. So if Giannis comes back, I'd be leaning more towards the Suns, actually. All right, so give me your take right now, Raheem, before we get to AFC win totals. On the series, what are you betting? How are you strategically thinking about it game to game? Okay, game to game, I like the under tonight. I mean, when you look at the the Suns, Chris Paul, he plays one of the slowest paces in the league. You saw it when he was out for games one and two in the Western Conference Finals. When he's on the court, the Suns are only playing 96 possessions. So they're a really slow paced game. That's 11th in pace among all 16 playoff teams. So my model actually makes this game 217. So with it being up to 219, I really like the under. The Bucks' offense has really been struggling. I mean, they're a team that's, you know, when Giannis is not out there, they're highly dependent on jump shooting. And this Bucks team, if we saw over the last two, three seasons, they can get into the playoffs and start missing these jump shots. So, and they're, pri- they're primarily winning with their defense. So I think you're going to have a rock fight tonight. So I really like the under. Personally, I like the Suns just because I think they just have too many. They don't – they're like the Spurs. They're not going to beat themselves. You know, you have to go out there and beat them. Like this is not a team – like this team hasn't lost three in a row all season long. You know, so this team, they, they recover from losses. They're great offensively, great defensively. I think the Suns eventually get it done. It's a little steamed up now at minus 200, minus 190. But based on the fact that they're six-point favorites in game one and Giannis is hurt, I think there's some value on it still. All right, so I'm coming out of here and I'm thinking, at the very least, if I'm thinking from a long-term point of view, I'm betting Chris Paul MVP. I'm betting Jay Crowder MVP. I'm betting Suns minus 200 to win the series. And then I can play with it a little bit. Let's say they get down. Maybe they lose the first game. Maybe there's still some value to be had going forward. So that's that's what I'm thinking about. That's mm-hmm. how I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, I think the, the one thing you have to worry about, you do have to worry about Devin Booker because if Milwaukee decides to put Drew Holiday on Chris Paul, then they're just going to say, hey, look, Devin Booker, you got to beat us. And that's possible. So I think there is some concern in, in that aspect, but I think Chris Paul has the narrative behind him. And we well, all know that, you know, MVP voting for MVP is based on narrative. A hundred percent narrative based, which is why I would actually like Paul and Crowder over Booker because Booker as the primary scorer for the Suns, he's going to have to go above and beyond mm-hmm. to win MVP. He can't just do 25 a game and get MVP. Cause that's what the expectation is. He's going to have to go out and have a couple games where he, flourishes to a degree that is way, way, way beyond expectations. Whereas Crowder is going to be that guy who, if he is the defensive stopper and he does get some threes, he's, he's got like an Iguodala, Andre Iguodala feel from that first mm-hmm. Warriors um, uh, finals against the Cavs where he mm-hmm. won MVP. So that's why I kind of like it. That's my thing. Yeah, I, I, I like it too. I, I mean, even though I think Brandon's crazy, I like it. <laughs> Coming around my side. All right. Simon. Raheem, nothing matters more than the NFL. So let's talk AFC win totals. This is what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks, just so people know. 
on the pod. We're going to do uh, AFC win totals. Then we're going to do NFC win totals next week. Uh, we've got a whole lineup that Matt Mitchell has concocted here to make sure everyone gets smarter and can start getting down their bets before the season begins. Look, right off the bat, you've got four teams in the AFC that have win totals that are set at double digits. Chiefs at 12, Ravens at 11, Bills at 10 and a half, Colts at 10. Simon, before we get to, all right, who do you like the most? I do want to talk about, these are the teams that will get the most attention. Give me your take on Chiefs, Ravens, Bills, Colts. Sure, we can start with the Bills because of Matt Mitchell, of course. This is one of these things where if you want to know if you're listening to a smart podcast or if you think these people are frauds, the frauds of all the frauds will tell you to take the bills over 10 and a half. To me, one of the easiest things to stare at and say, okay, red flags all over the place, 10 and a half bills. We're talking about a 17 game schedule. Who doesn't think the Bills are going to get 11 wins this year? Everyone does. Everyone looks at that Bills team and they say, that's an easy bet, 10 and a half, especially in the 17 games. You know, like, why wouldn't you bet that? So every show you're going to listen to, everyone, I'm telling you, they're going to tell you to take the over 10 and a half. Easiest bet looking at this, under 10 and a half for the Bills. And it's not like last year. Josh Allen, amazing quarterback last year. He played out of his mind. It just doesn't work this way. And people don't get that. People think... Every year, it's easy. It's just not. And it's just one of these things where all these teams have now had a whole offseason to watch all the film on Josh Allen. They get to study that exact offense the Bills ran last year. They're going to run the same exact offense this year, too. They didn't lose anybody. So this is one of those where it's just stinks of a trap. Everything about this Bills number is a trap. To me, I graded him out at 10.2. And when I saw it was 10.5, I go, oh, my God. They're going to get so much money on this over. I can't wait to come August how much money these bookmakers say they have on this over. But I guarantee you it's going to be above 90%. So easy, easy bet, people. Please take that Bills under. Oh, my God. I have so many notes to make right now. I got to get the Bills under, even though I already got them on a Super Bowl future. So I do I. Get... That, that doesn't take away from it. We're just talking about, like, pure value-based bets here. All right. Uh, Raheem, before Simon finishes with the other three, do you, do you have thoughts, actually, Simon, on – Chiefs over, under, Ravens over, under, or Colts over, under? They're 12, yeah. 11, and 10. I'm boring. I stay away from those. Like, I, I'm staying away because, like, the Chiefs, I don't want to bet that under. Like, I want to bet the over. I have them great as the over. But I don't know. I don't really feel like having money tied up in such a high number like that with them on that over. And the Ravens, I've looked long and hard at it because I really like them to bounce back this year. They just – they were the bad luck team, it felt like, last year. They had the injuries. Lamar got COVID, and he just wasn't right. I'm coming back from it because, again – COVID affects your lungs and your body. So he's a guy that depends on his lungs and his body for his style of play. So to me, that was just one of those where I lean the Chiefs over. I lean, the, I lean uh, Baltimore over. And for the Colts, people are already going to know. I'm, I'm all in on the Colts. I bet them at 10. I bet them at 9.5. I know their schedule is really hard, but I just look at a team that had the corpse we call Phillip Rivers leading them in the playoffs. And he made things happen, even though he was not a good quarterback last year. If Carson Wentz can just figure it out, like he, he's soft. I'm not going to lie. That man is soft. He let a rookie come in and take his job. That is a soft man. But 
Carson should bounce back. He's he's surrounded by just people that want good for him. Like Frank, Frank is a great guy to have coaching you. So for me, everything lines up where I just really like everything that's happening for the Colts. So to, that's that's a no-brainer to me. Take that over with the Colts. All right, Raheem, what is your take on Chiefs 12, Ravens 11, Bills 10 and a half, Colts 10? Okay, first things first, I like the Colts. I like the Colts big. I mean, you can take, I think it's at, it's at 10, um, juiced it positively at plus 115, or you can get it minus, um, you can get it nine and a half minus 150. I think I would rather take the 10. I think this is a reclamation project for the Colts with um, Carson Wentz, but Frank Wright has a history with Carson Wentz. Like Carson Wentz had his best season with the Eagles. And then also, I think one of the things you got to look at is that Frank White, right, might as well be the quarterback whisperer. I mean, he took Jacoby Brissett to seven and nine, and they almost made the playoffs. Like he took a, a Larry Holmes status, um, Philip Rivers at the end of his career, and they almost beat the Bills in the first round, and they probably should have won that game. So I have trust in the Colts. I like their over. And As say this: far, he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl with this guy. Nicholas, I mean, what Nicholas is Foles? <laughs> Um, when it comes to what were the other teams? We said uh, Bills. Ravens, Bills, okay, the Bills, Chiefs, and Ravens. I agree with the I, I I agree with Simon on the Bills because, and part of it has to do with the division, because when you look at the Patriots, they spent almost two hundred million in free agency. They're going to be a much better team, and they struggled last year because they had so many losses due to COVID opt outs. Now they've they've upgraded both sides of the ball. I think they're going to be better. I think the Jets are going to be better with Robert Sala. So I think the rest of the division is so much better that the Bills take a hit here. So I'm going under on them. I actually disagree on the Ravens. I just, for me, I just, Lamar has just played outstanding for like two, two years in a row. I think the Browns are the team to beat in that division. I think the Bengals are going to be a little bit better. And I just think that the win total is a little bit too high. Like, I know they've had some problems with the offensive line. They've never really replaced anybody since Marshall Yonder. So I'm going to go under on them. And then the Chiefs. See, I struggle with this because I like to bet against human achievement. So (laughs) when I see a win total of 12, I'm kind of looking under. And, you know, they they have a lot of pieces on the offense. But they never... It's like they have Tyreek Hill, they have, they have Kelsey, but who else do they have other than them? And these guys have been healthy for so long that I'm kind of leading under, but I think I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pass there. I have no real opinion on that. What do you think? Now, I've heard – it's interesting as you said that because I've heard a lot of people say that as if Sammy Watkins was good for the last five years. It's like, okay, who would they have other than Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill all these other years? I get it. Like they have, they're depending on new, fast, young guys, but – I'm not worried at all about that, but like I'm with Raheem. It's just not fun to bet on such a big number over. It's as a professional, no one wants to bet an over of a 12. It's just a weird thing to bet. I'm yeah. concerned that um, Raheem likes to bet against human achievement because <laughs> because it completely flies in the face of my personal philosophy on life, which is to be optimistic and root for the positive. I mean, I'm optimistic, too, but when it comes to making money that we all know that the public likes to bet on overs. So that's where the value is, is betting against that human achievement. (laughs) All right. That's fine. That's fine. If you want to make money instead of, uh, you know, live in a rose colored world, totally, totally fine. 
All right, Simon, let me go to you next. We got rid of sort of the big four, the double digit totals. We are now looking at anybody who's nine and a half and under. That includes the Browns. Uh, the Titans, I think, got moved up a little bit in some places to 10, but not everywhere. Um, I see the Chargers, Dolphins, Patriots at nine. When you're thinking about this sort of under double digit tier, give me your best over and your best under. And I think this is where a lot of the value is going to be this year because of the 17 game schedule. Uh, the bookmakers, just like me, I've had a hard time making a lot of these win totals because it's just throwing a wrench into everything. Instead of 10 and six, you have 11 and six or whatever, nine and eight or whatever the number is going to be. It's just weird. It's, it's especially weird for me to look at on paper. I, I literally haven't gotten over it yet. But with all those teams you just named, like Raheem was saying, people love taking the overs. And there's so many teams here. I look at it, I go, that's such a trap. Like some of these, some of these lines just feel like such traps. But I feel like the easiest bet, and I'm going to keep saying it the whole year, is just going to be that Houston under. I know it's a really low total, but – Four and a half, I don't care. Like, keep going down lower and lower. That team is truly one of the worst teams I've ever seen on paper. Like, I I cannot wait to bet against them. It, it's just like last year where the Jets were losing by 20 points to start the year. That's going to be our golden goose to start the year, Chad. We're going to fade Houston so hard, and then we're going to ride them for the final eight weeks of the year. It's going to be such a love-hate relationship with them, but they're going to be one of those teams that – there's going to be multiple weeks they're going to be 20-point underdogs. I, I truly believe this is one of the worst teams we'll ever see take a football field. I am so mm. looking forward to being sick to my stomach betting on the Houston Texans week <laughs> after week after week after week. It is going to defy logic. It is going to be exactly what you're supposed to do as a professional better, and I am going to hate every single second of it. Let me just make sure I have the right number uh, for the Texans. They are the uh, they are under four and a half, which is the lowest win total posted for any team, just beneath the Lions at five. All right, so is that like Simon? Would you say that is your favorite? That is your favorite total to bet on? Of yeah, because I think I think that NFL has just changed so much where these teams really are tanking. We saw the Jets and the Jags last year; they really did tank and. The bookmakers are trying to—they're trying to make it not so low that the sharps going to come in so heavy on the over. Because again, it's football; weird things can happen. You never know. But to me, this is just—you literally everything I look at at this team, the, from the coaching, the front office to the players—they've just added this offseason. Worst team I've ever seen on paper. Even if Watson comes back, I still would take this under. So yeah, this is one of these opportunities where I don't even have them. Any any time I've simulated their season, they've never crossed three wins. So. I think you're getting a ton of value here betting this under. Raheem, what do you think of that? I agree with him. I mean, it's, I just don't have much respect for this Houston team. So I, I'm with him. <laughs> I'm with him there. <laughs> All right. So then give me if, – if that's like your best bet and it happens to be an under, Raheem uh, – well, go ahead, Simon. What are you going to say? No, no. I was saying, yeah, it's, that's my favorite under bet for sure. Do you have a favorite over bet? Yeah, but it's NFC. For AFC, I guess, like, I, we talked, um, what was it, last week or two weeks ago, and uh, I think it was uh, Sean. I forget who it was, but they were saying they loved the Chargers over. I'm with them. I just feel like that's going to be such a fun team to bet this year. I know the division's really tough, 
And you can say what you want about them having an all-new offense coming in there. But everything I've just seen from their defense being healthy next year and their offense, having all those weapons back, they've upgraded the offensive line. I just cannot see them going. I think the total is up to nine or maybe it's eight and a half still. I just can't see them going under that. Yeah, I can't see them going under that. I just think the Chargers have so much talent there this year. That's a 10-win team. So for my favorite over in the AFC, I love the Chargers. Raheem, this is a good question for you, if I may say so myself. Yeah. (laughs) When you – like we're pegging teams like the Texans. We're pegging teams like the Chargers. When you – before the season begins, have modeled what you think is an advantage for one team and it's not working or you've modeled a disadvantage for a team and it is working, uh, meaning the team is playing better than you expected or the team is playing worse than you expected. How long before you make the adjustment and just admit that what you were modeling was wrong? A couple of weeks. So, I mean, I think they're, I think the, see, for me, the first couple of weeks of the NFL season are kind of like the easiest because that's when the lines are the softest. And I'm really big on not trying to catch a falling knife. So I'll give you an example. If you look at the 2009 Tennessee Titans, in 2008, they went 13 and three. They come back the next season and they start off 0 and 6. And the public is firing on them every week. Like, oh, this team's not going to go 0 and 2. This team's not going to go 0-3. This team's not going to go 0-4. Before you know it, they're 0-6. So I just think you have to you have to quickly be able to adjust to what you're seeing and recognize, is this team losing games based on luck or are they really just a bad team? So a couple of weeks, and then I'm, I'm out. I love that phrase, catch a falling knife. Explain it. Um. So, I mean, it's just – you know, you're trying to catch the fall of knife and you get stabbed. So, <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it's one of those things that I think a lot, it's a fallacy that a lot of betters find themselves doing. They keep betting the same thing over and over and over again. And it just doesn't work. Sounds like a terrible experience. <laughs> I've had to learn it too many times. So Simon, have you heard that phrase, catch a falling knife? Oh yeah, definitely. That's, that's a great phrase to live by. Mm. I'm going to use it. I think I'm all in. And I don't want to catch a falling knife either. <laughs> I'm against it. Uh, all right. So then Raheem, I got Simons. He's thinking Chargers over if he has to, uh, you know, gun to his head. We also, I could give you credit for you. You seem to love the Colts over 10 and a half. So I don't want to discount your enthusiasm for that because I'm telling you, you got to choose a team that's mm-hmm. under double digits. Uh, Raheem, give me your favorite under and your favorite over if you can, outside of those top four teams. Okay, so I'm taking the Tennessee Titans under nine and a half. I mean, this is a team that had one of the worst defenses in the NFL last season. They were 29th in DVOA, 30th against the pass. I don't see their defense really improving that much this year. I know they gave Bud Dupree a lot of money, but I'm just not expecting him to really, you know, have that performance with the Titans that are really going to change this defense. Now, the biggest reason why I like this under is you guys remember when Kyle Shanahan was with the Atlanta Falcons. He was one of the best offensive coordinators. He left, and the Falcons were never the same offensively, even though they had the same pieces. So the Titans lost Arthur Smith. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill had career numbers under him. Now, I know they added Julio Jones, and the public is really going to be hype over his addition. But how much better can this offense be? This is one of the best offenses ever. I mean, 
and then they outperformed their Pythagorean win total. They were they they won they were eleven and five, but they had a Pythagorean expectation of just nine point one wins. So I know the public is going to push this up, but I'm taking the under. It's unfortunate that they play in the same division as the Texans, but I still like the under. Simon, you're shaking your head in the affirmative. Yeah, I I I don't think enough people are talking about how big of a loss that is, especially. I've seen a lot of people in the fantasy community being all over the Titans team just this upcoming season, and I'm with Raheem. I think their offense is going to take such a huge step back. It's it's going to be jarring, especially Tannehill. Again, he was incredible last year, but it was so above what is just normal. Like, he could not miss on deep throws, especially to start the year. They were out of this world. So, to me, I, I'm with him. That's, that's a high win total. Uh, my only scary part is what he just talked about, that division. Like, they could go easily go 4-0 against the Jags and the Texans. So it is a little terrifying in that division. Mm-hmm. All right, then give me your favorite over, Raheem. It's unfortunate because I was going to say the Chargers as well. I mean, this Chargers team, they replaced Anthony Lynn with Brandon Staley. And that's a huge upgrade at coach. I mean, the Chargers blew leads of 11 points or more four times last season. Like, that's enough to, you know, get a three-win improvement. So I really, really, really like the Chargers. I think year two of Justin Herbert is going to – like, honestly, we should be talking about possibly betting him to win MVP because, you know, second-year quarterbacks tend to do it. So I really like the Chargers. If I have to give out another one, I'd say the Browns. I think they're a Super Bowl-winning team. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that because – I'm looking at the win totals here and the one team that sticks out that we did not discuss are the Cleveland Browns nine and a half. You think they're a Super Bowl team explain. I mean, you have the second year with their head coach Baker Mayfield has played in so many different systems. I mean, this, this offense was great last year. I think their weakness was their defense. So, you know, you had guys like greedy Williams who were hurt all last year. The defense is going to be better. Also, I think when you looked at a lot of those Browns games, they played in a lot of weather suppressed games where you had the wind impacting things. You had rain like it was like seven or eight games to where they literally just couldn't pass the ball because of the weather. So I just think the offense is going to be better with Kevin Stefanski in year two. The defense is going to be better. They just sign. Um, Trevidian Clowney. He's oh, going to no. add something to that. Oh, unit. no, 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 no. We are not going to make betting decisions and give betting advice based on Jadavian Clowney, who might might play 10 games. Here's Come the thing. On. He's not. He's, no. He's, Raheem, you he's, went he's to a, the University of Pennsylvania. You have an Ivy League degree. You are smarter than that. We're not being suckers for the big name going to a team. You know what? You know what it is? I'm not being a sucker for the big name. He's a supplemental piece. So he doesn't have to be the main guy here. And he's not going to have the sack numbers, but he's going to have the pressure numbers that you need. And I think the the, the Browns defense is already going to be better in the secondary. It's just, I, I really, really like this Browns team this year. And I think, I think they have a real shot. And then also, when you look at the rest of the division, the Steelers are going to regress. The Bengals aren't going to be great. I already told you I'm not that high on the Ravens. I don't mind the Browns at all. I think they're a really interesting team, and I, I agree with you. I thought Kevin Stefanski's ability to adjust the game plan midway through last year and make Baker Mayfield a more comfortable, more reliable quarterback was great. Signals great things for the future. I'm not betting it because of Jadavian fucking clowny. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's fair. I just, I just think he's a good supplemental piece for them. Uh, Simon. 
Simon, who are you with here? Are you with me and my logic for betting the over? Are you with Raheem and his logic for betting the over? The only reason I haven't bet this over is it just, it's something a little stinky about it. Something a little stinky. I don't know why this isn't 10 because I have I have this created out at 10.2. So it's again, I have this way over and it's, it's a little weird to me because I know I've talked to plenty of guys at sports books and they told me they've been getting hit hard on this over. And I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird number because I'm with Raheem. All they've done is improved. They literally, their draft, they killed the draft. They drafted all these really good defenders. Everything about this team has been improved. I don't know why it's this number. So for me, I just went the other way and I just took them to win the AFC at plus a thousand. I didn't touch this total just because I figured, you know what? I'll take something where I could see them get into the AFC championship. I don't know. Maybe they're going to come in as a wild card at nine or nine and eight, whatever weird number they're going to come in at. There's just something weird about this number is if the Vegas knows something because how is this not double digits? This is a double digit win team. So that's the reason I'm staying away from it. There's just something stinky about it. I don't want to try to catch a falling knife. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let me recap because this is what we're saying. This is what we're telling people right now. We love the Bills under 10 and a half. We love the Colts over 10. We love the Titans under nine and a half. We love the Chargers over nine. And we love the Texans under four and a half. We all seem to love the Browns, but we're a little bit afraid to pull the trigger right now. And I like, I like Raheem's idea of Justin Herbert as MVP. I think that's a really good idea too. Yeah, that's a really fun one. Especially because like he just said, it's the year two, year three leaps. Like I bet two with the win MVP. I have no faith in two but it's the same thing where this man had a major hip injury. He had a guy ahead of him last year. He didn't know the playbook. I just look at the town on Miami a year two, two is fully healthy. You bet that. I, it's not like I'm sitting here telling you two is a top 20 quarterback, top 10 quarterback. I'm just betting on projecting out what two it could be. Cause I've seen the talent in college. So to me, that's another guy in the FC. I love two a year two. It's a little taste. I like that. I love it. You know what? I love it. I love both of you. You guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> Raheem Palmer. Simon Hunter, thank you for joining the Favorites Podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman. We will be back on Thursday with the Thunderdome. Download the podcast from Apple Podcasts, from Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, love you. Love you.